He's a big God. Big God. Big God. And He's your Father. If you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, hold your hand up real high. We have extra Bibles. Be glad to let you use one of ours. And let's all turn to Romans, the first chapter. Romans 1. And then let's go to 2 Corinthians 4. And then I think we'll wind up in Luke 4. And then Luke 7 and Isaiah 29. (laughs) And then Proverbs 10. (laughs) You ready? (laughs) We've been on a subject now for some weeks. Uh, When I've been with you. Brother Dave's been doing a good job too, hasn't he? Thank you, Lord. And the others that the Lord, you know, uh, whoever's supposed to do it, that's who's got the grace. And that's who's got the message for the time. And uh, different vessels, but just one Holy Spirit. Just one teacher, the Holy Spirit. And, you know, let me say this for just a moment. Not just in church, but all the time. (coughs) The Scripture says... um, well, uh, in fact, let's just put it up on the screen. First John 2.20. You don't have to turn there. You're, you're finding ten scriptures right now. Uh, it says, you have an auction from the Holy One, and you know all things. What is it? Verse 27. Skip down to there. First John 2.27. The anointing which you've received of Him abides in you, and you need not... That any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth and is no lie, even it is as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. Well, then you might say, well, we don't need any teachers then. Well, yeah, we do. That's why the Lord gave gifts unto men. But you are not dependent on a man or a woman to tell you that something is God or not. You have an anointing inside you. And you should trust that anointing. Are you with me, friends? And I don't care if it's me or whoever else that preached or taught something. You want to be open. But you, you're not just letting people tell you what's right and what's wrong. That anointing teaches you. God uses men. God uses women. But... Uh, uh, I'm, you know, I, I know I don't know everything, and I want to learn. But at the same time, when I don't care who it is, people that I've received a lot from, or people that I'm hearing for the first time, I'm listening, I'm open, but I'm not dependent on anybody to tell me what's God and what's not God. I trust this. Are y'all with me, friends? I trust this. And you want to, don't, don't let anybody cause you to override that. Nobody. Not me. Not any preacher. Not any man. Not any woman. You trust what you get in here. Everybody with me on this now? And the Holy Spirit is going to lead you in line with this book. All the time. Isn't he? Trust the anointing in you. That has saved Phyllis and I 
from so many problems and challenges and issues. There, there's been, I don't know what, Phil, three or four times in our life that there was upheaval and a lot of things going on and some things that uh, some of our friends were getting excited about and look, sounded good to us, but we had a check. We, we just didn't have the witness, and so we didn't go. And people thought we were missing the boat because we didn't jump on. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. We also didn't lose money. We also didn't get messed up. We also didn't lose our ministry. Hmm? You don't need anybody to tell you this is God, this is not God. You got God in you. And He knows. What's him and what's not. Yes. Trust the anointing in you. Yes. Trust that. Yes. Trust that. Don't look to anybody to lead you around. Trust that anointing. Hmm? You have an unction of the Holy One. You have, let's read that verse again. Verse 27. Let's read it again. The anointing which you have received of Him abides in you. It doesn't visit. It lives in you. It stays. It's permanent residency. In you. And you don't need that any man teach you. And that's what he's talking about. You don't need somebody to tell you that this is God and then you just take their word for it. No. But that anointing teaches you. Say it out loud. The anointing teaches me. And that anointing is true and is no lie. And even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. Here it calls the anointing him. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's not in it. Holy Spirit is Him. Trust the anointing. Can you say Amen? Did you find all your scriptures? Uh, that's what I figured. That's all right. Romans one fifteen. Romans one fifteen. He said, "As much as in me is, I am ready." To preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. I'm ready to preach what? The gospel. The gospel means the good message. Sometimes you see it translated in modern translations, good news. It's the good word. The good message. And it's the good message about what Jesus has done. About how he has taken our place. Took our punishment. Took our judgment took what he didn't deserve so we wouldn't have to get what we deserved judgment wise but then also his sacrifice allows us to get the good things we didn't deserve yeah. amen. amen and it's just the best news you ever heard yes. isn't it amen. The, that's why it's not called some good news or a good news it's the yeah. the yeah. good news verse 16 for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Didn't say the gospel talks about the power of God. He said it is. The gospel is the power of God. But not just to everybody that hears it. It's the power of God to who? Those who 
believe it. Believe it. Now, um, when he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, it's obvious that something had been trying to sway him, influence him to be ashamed. Why would you be tempted or pressured to be ashamed of the gospel? Because the gospel is the devil's worst nightmare. It is something he can do nothing with. All he can do is is, is work to try to keep people from hearing it or finding out about it. Because once it comes in and people believe it, there's nothing he can do to stop it. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, if you have that. Remember that's one of your first ten scriptures? 2 Corinthians 4 and 3. He says, if our gospel be hid... It is hid to them that are lost. Verse 4. In whom the God of this world. Now who is the God of this world? Satan. This is the devil. The God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Why? Less or unless the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who's the image of God, should shine unto them. It is a sad reality that millions, more than millions on the planet, are in spiritual blindness. They do not see the light of the gospel. They they pray to rocks and stars. They believe lies. They believe there is no God. And if if you are blind to the gospel, you are spiritually dead, you are in bondage, you are in darkness, you are in death, spiritual death. But when the glorious light of the gospel shines in you, and you see it, and you hear it, and you understand it, and you believe it, all the devils in hell couldn't gang up together and keep one person from being born again. They're powerless to stop it from happening. So what is the the emphasis then, if they can't stop it, the emphasis is on preventing people from ever hearing it, ever seeing it, ever getting it, keeping them blinded to it. And which is one reason why the enemy would work. Of course, he didn't want you to know it's him, but he would work to try to keep every believer and especially every preacher from being bold and confident about sharing the gospel. To try to intimidate you some way, to cause you to be ashamed some way, and you can see that had been working on Paul, but you can see he was having none of it. He stood up and resisted and said, I am not ashamed of this gospel. And obviously he wasn't. He preached it to the known world of his time. How about you? How about me? Hmm? Say it out loud. I am not ashamed. ashamed. Say it a little bit stronger than that. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. In Luke the fourth chapter, Jesus said this. Luke 4.18. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. 
To preach the gospel to the poor. To do what? Preach the gospel. What is the gospel according to Romans one sixteen? It is the power of God. Power of God unto all that believe. Not just everybody that hears it, but people that believe it. And he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty them that are bruised. What is the gospel to the poor? Well, some of you have been here before. But if you haven't, you know, some people, a lot of people read that and they think, well, gospel to the poor is you can be born again. But if you read the rest of the passage, you see that the good news to the brokenhearted is not they can be born again, it's that they can be healed. And the good news to the captive is not being born again, but being delivered. Right? Good news to the blind is recovering of sight. Good news to the broken and bruised is liberty, freedom. Well, then the good news is the 180 of the problem. What's good news to the poor? Not being poor. And uh, I had a fellow one time want to take me to task. He was real adamant about it. You know, we don't preach all that stuff y'all preach. We just preach the gospel. (laughs) And uh, he said the most important message, the only message that matters is being born again. And and that's the most important message to everybody. I said, I disagree. And uh, he looked at me. I could see it in his eyes. He's like, I knew it. Heretic. I knew it. (laughs) False teacher. Anybody that'd say that... uh, Being born again is not the most important message. I said, it depends on who you are. If you've been born again 40 years, you know your name's in the Lamb's Book of Life. You know you're saved. And yet you're sick, you can't leave the house. The most important message to you, the most needful message to you, is not you can be born again. You are born again. Now, if you're lost, no question about it. The most important message is being born again. But if you're saved, or if you're saved and you're healed, and you know you're saved, you know you love the Lord, and you're doing good in your body, but you hadn't got enough money to get a tank of gas to go to church, the most important message to you is not being born again or being healed. You need to hear something about paying your bills. Right? Some, some material provision. And did you know the gospel covers it all? The gospel is bigger than many have thought. It's broader. It's different. We're going to get into some of that today. And I want you to go ahead and, and get your shouter limbered up a little bit. Because I'm telling you, this, this is something to shout about. Can you say amen? <laughs> go with me. Uh, let's see. Go with me over to Romans 15. Romans 15. And 29. Romans 15, 29. He says, I'm sure that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing 
of the gospel of Christ. Read that last phrase out loud with me, please. The fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Is there a blessing that accompanies the gospel? Hmm? There is. What is blessing? You know, blessing has been a word that's really been marginalized by religion. Bless you. God bless you. Achoo! Bless you. What does that mean? It's been trivialized until it it has no meaning. But when God looked at Adam and Eve, when he looked at Noah, when he looked at Abraham, he said, and the Bible said, he blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply. This is not idle words. This, This is empowerment to become greater, to expand, to enlarge, to increase. Blessing is empowerment to prosper and increase. It's enablement to succeed. When you're blessed, you're empowered. You're empowered. It's not this nothing stuff that people talk about. Blessing. Anybody remember Proverbs 10? You remember I mentioned that to you earlier? Did you find that too? Go to Proverbs 10. 15. Proverbs 10 and 15. What, what is the blessing? And what does the blessing do? Proverbs 10, 15 says, The rich man's wealth is his strong city, and the destruction of the poor is their poverty. Is poverty a blessing in disguise? No. Huh? You hear people talk as well, you know, I, I thank God. I, you know, I came up so poor and it wasn't fun, but I learned some valuable things and, and I got close to God. Well, see, they're, they're implying, if not outright saying, that that was God's plan. And the poverty, there were some, some redeeming and good qualities about it. And that is untrue. Poverty is what? Destruction. There are people who are starving to death on the planet for lack of something decent to eat. Is that evil? That's evil. There's no, nothing good about that. That's evil. Well, a lesser degree of it, you know, maybe you've got plenty to eat, but you can't make your house payment or you can't pay your electric bill. That is just a lesser degree of the same evil stuff. Lack is not good. There's nothing redeeming about it. There's nothing redeeming about sickness. There's nothing redeeming about sin. So people have got stuff twisted up. People say, well, if it was God's will for everybody to be rich, then everybody would be rich. That's like saying if it was God's will for everybody to be out of sin, they'd be out of sin. Certainly, Christians can have sin in their life. But how many think it's God's will for you not to have sin in your life? You can have sickness in your life. That don't make it the will of God. 
You can have poverty in your life. That doesn't make it the will of God. We must not ascertain the will of God by what we've been going through or what by somebody else is going through or not going through. This book reveals to us the will of God. And it doesn't change. And let's not try to water down the Scriptures to match our poor experience. Let's believe God to elevate our life to match this book. Can you say amen? No, we need mind renewal. Uh, most of us grew up n- not rich, <laughs> different degrees of lack. Most of us did. And, and looking back, if you had some good times when you didn't have anything but a can of beans and, and a couple of crackers and you had good times together and had good fellowship, and that's not because you were poor. Right. It's because you were making the best of the situation. Right? No, don't, don't give the credit to something that's a curse. Give the credit to the grace of God and the goodness of God that was getting you through that. People say, well, you know, when I got sick, I got back to God, and, and I just thank God for that sickness. Don't thank God for that sickness. You could have got back to God before you got sick. Now, thank God that He took you when you were sick. Thank God. That's like thanking God for the sin. You hear people talk about, you know, I was in the dregs of sin, you know, and God saved me. Well, it's glorious that they were saved, but it was not the sin that glorified God. It was salvation out of the sin. And it's not the sickness that glorifies God, it's the healing. And it's not the poverty that glorifies God, it's the provision. Let's not get these things mixed up. Let's not let the devil confuse us in these areas. It's, It's very, very simple. Healed is good. Sick is bad. Huh? Rich is good. Broke is bad. <laughs> well, brother, it's more complicated. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. <laughs> Just because you're confused doesn't make it complicated. <laughs> God is a good God. He does good things. And every good gift and every perfect gift comes from Him. And disease is not perfect. Cancer is not good. Lack and and poverty is not good. No. The good news is about the blessing. What, What scripture do you have there? Proverbs. What does poverty do to the poor? doesn't help them. It destroys. And verse 22. What does the blessing do? Proverbs 10, 22. What does the blessing do? Tell me what the blessing does. The blessing of the Lord, it, it what? The blessing makes, I like that word, makes rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. Mm, Somebody like that verse besides me? Huh? The blessing of the Lord makes rich. Rich. The NIV. NIV says the blessing of the Lord brings wealth. And he adds no trouble to it. The CEV. CEV says, when the Lord blesses you with riches, 
you have nothing to regret. Hmm? The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Why would he say that? Because when you add stuff to yourself apart from him, it can be a burden. Hmm? You can add stuff to yourself the wrong time and the wrong way through excessive debt, among other ways, and it is not a blessing, it's a burden. Oh, you wanted that new car, and you signed for those 900 easy payments, (laughs) and the Lord was dealing with you, just wait on me, wait on me, but no, (laughs) you had to have it. And so you got it. And so you tried to be happy and excited about it until the payments kept coming. And it's a burden. You can add stuff to yourself. Now, we need to distinguish. The Bible talks about being rich in God versus being rich in this world. They're not the same. You can have billions of dollars and be absolutely spiritually bankrupt be poor be a poor man on the inside and yet have all kind of houses and cars and stuff and money and be absolutely empty you can't even enjoy a new car or a new house unless you're right with God unless your fellowship with him is there and what have you gained if you got a bunch of stuff and nobody wants to enjoy it with you nobody wants to be around you Hmm? Being rich in God means first and foremost rich in relationships, rich in fellowship with Him and with others. But then when you got that and you got nice stuff to enjoy, huh? and your bills are paid and God's using you to give to others and help their dreams come true, this is the blessing. That makes rich. Can you say glory? Glory. The blessing that makes rich. Now, uh, go with me over to uh, Romans 15 now. Romans 15, 29. He said, I know, I'm sure, that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Uh, I should have had you get Hebrews 4.2. We'll read both of them together. They'll put it on the screen. Hebrews 4.2 says, Unto us the gospel was preached. As well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them. It did not benefit them. Why? It wasn't mixed with faith in them them that heard it. Even though you hear the gospel and there's a blessing that comes with it, that blessing won't profit you. It won't benefit you unless you believe it. The the man of God said this many years ago in 2 Chronicles 20, 20, you don't have to turn there. But they were in a very serious situation, enemy facing them, threatening them. Second Chronicles 20, verse 20, 
So they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of, the, of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, and what will happen? So shall you prosper. The Lord was giving a word uh, through this man of God. And he said, if you believe it, you'll prosper. So there was something coming with that word that would enable you to prosper. And there's something that comes with the gospel that enables you to prosper. It's the blessing of the gospel of Christ. When people hear gospel, so many times they, they, they're not hearing this. They're hearing forgiveness of sin, saved from hell, and thank God for that. But they limit the gospel to that only. But when you hear gospel, you should think blessing. Blessing. But the blessing won't benefit you. The blessing won't manifest unless you believe it. Do you believe in the blessing of the gospel of Christ? Hmm? What is that blessing? Tell me again what the blessing does. We just got through reading it. What does the ble- among other things, what does the blessing do for you? It makes you rich. And, and there's no downside. Huh? When you do stuff, there's all kind of downsides. But when he does it for you, you can add stuff to yourself apart from God. Oh, people do it all the time. They lie. They cheat. They miss God. They leverage themselves beyond reason. They do all kind of stuff. And it's not a blessing. But when you wait on the Lord, and you let him add it to you in the right time and right way. It's just all blessing and no sorrow. Nothing negative about it. Just good. All good and only good. Now go with me to Galatians 3, please. And begin to see more clearly the blessing of the gospel. Why would it be such good news to the poor man? Because the gospel comes with blessing. In Galatians 3, and about verse 7, Galatians 3 and 7, he said, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Are you of faith? Then, then what are you? You are of the children of Abraham. Verse 8. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before what? The gospel to Abraham. Did you know Abraham had the gospel preached to him? The gospel. <laughs> Abraham? That was so long before Jesus yeah, but it was about him. It was about Jesus. How many know, know that God knew the gospel a long time before Jesus came? <laughs> and he preached the gospel to Abraham centuries and centuries before Christ came. He preached the gospel to Abraham. And here's a quote 
of what God calls the gospel. Are you reading? In you shall all nations be blessed. God calls this the gospel. I said, I thought the gospel was about Jesus. It is. This is. But people have separated the blessing from the gospel. To them, the gospel is the message about missing hell. Only. And it is, thank God, but it's more. I said it's more. Much more. The gospel is good news to the lost, but it's also good news to the sick. It's also good news to the discouraged and oppressed. It's also good news to the bound. It's also good news to the broke. Do you believe it? Good news. Somebody say good news. According to this verse right here, what is part of the good news? In you shall all nations be blessed. Keep reading. Verse 9. So then, they which be of faith are, not going to be, are blessed with faithful Abraham. Is that you? Hmm? Do you believe the gospel? Are you ashamed of the gospel? You know, in Luke 7... We didn't go there, but he went on to say, you know, when John the Baptist said, sent word from prison, said, Lord, ask the Lord, are you the one that was to come, or do we look for somebody else? He said, you go back and tell John that uh, people are being healed, lepers are being cleansed, dead are being raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is whoever shall not be offended in me. Why would you say that? Because religion is offended. At the full gospel. And try to make us ashamed about preaching gospel and prosperity and healing in the same breath. Try to make us ashamed. But I'm not ashamed. How about you? I'm not ashamed to boldly proclaim that the good news is... The blessing. Don't take my word for it. Now keep reading here. Verse 13. Christ has what? Redeemed us from the curse of the law. Have you ever read the curse of the law? Back in Deuteronomy 28. Other places. Is lack and need and want part of the curse of the law? It's all through there. You know you've been redeemed from that? You've been redeemed from want, lack, need, hunger. You've been redeemed from it. Has this been preached all over the world as the gospel? It has not. But it is. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Why? Why did he do it? Why? Verse 14, why? Why? That or so that, in order that, 
the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. That's us. I said, that's us. That's us. What is the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ? It's this blessing that he talks about in Abraham. You hear a lot of people talk about the blessing of Abraham. And they try to assign it different ways. That blessing is ours. That's your blessing. That's my blessing. Did you just get through reading? It's those who believe in Jesus. Those who have faith. The blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Now, can you imagine somebody been living on the street, been living on the garbage pile, and they somebody come tell them that because they believe on Jesus now, that the blessing of Abraham, and, and everybody that had ever heard anything about Abraham, nobody imagined he was poor. Anybody that's ever heard anything about Abraham knows the man was not poor. And you tell this man living on the street, you say, now you are a a seed, a descendant of Abraham by faith, and the blessing that's his is yours. That's better than somebody coming and saying, hey, guess what? Billionaire so-and-so that's in the news, everybody knows him. He decided to adopt you for some reason. You're part of the family. Here's the paperwork. Would, would, would the man living on the street think that's good news? What would he think? I'm never eating out of a garbage can again. Huh? If so-and-so billionaire is now my daddy. Well, this is somebody bigger than so-and-so billionaire. And not a version or a part. The blessing of Abraham has now become ours by faith in Jesus. Let's go back to there for a minute. Genesis 12. Let me read it to you. This is what God calls the good news. I know it's take a little mind renewal, but you do believe the scriptures when you read them, don't you? Okay. Genesis 12 too. God's telling Abraham, I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And all of this was to produce Jesus. If you read Romans, you read Galatians, when he says to to your seed, people have tried to make that seed a nation. They've tried to make it physical. They've tried to make it DNA. No, the Bible very clearly says the seed is Jesus. That's who the seed is. And I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Notice, I will bless you and you'll be a blessing. Does that belong to you now? Huh? Is that just like God said it to you now? I will bless you and you'll be a blessing. You can't, didn't say you'll be a blessing and and I'll bless you. Because you can't be a blessing until you've been blessed. You can't give what you don't have. You have to have ability. And it starts with a desire. Do you want to be used of God as a vehicle to help other people? To help preach this gospel all over the world? 
to help people's dreams come true. That people are standing and believing for things, needing things, that you'd be the one of the ones that God could use to take it to them, hand it to them, make them smile, take pressure off them, take burdens off of them. Hmm? You can't do that unless you are blessed. Unless you have the ability. And the good news to the poor man, see, if you don't believe the gospel as somebody who is broken without ability, what are your options? If you don't believe in God, you don't believe the gospel, your, your desolate, desperate circumstances, what are your options? You can either hope that somebody will take pity on you and help you, or you can turn criminal. And say, well, I'll take it away from somebody. Hmm? You got no hope. And that's why so many people go that route, because they got no hope. Oh, but friend, when you hear the good news, the good news is that you have been accepted in the Beloved, and the same thing that God spoke to Abraham now belongs to you as his seed. And what did that blessing do to Abraham? Anybody remember? What did, what did Proverbs say the blessing does? The blessing makes rich. And adds no sorrow with it. Let's read that. In Genesis 13 too. I mean one chapter from when God told him I will bless you and make you a blessing. Somebody say one chapter. That ain't long. One chapter. One chapter. Just a chapter later. After hearing and believing what God calls the gospel. Abraham was what? Very rich. Are we reading scriptures? Very rich. It makes some, some church going folk mad to hear that. Very rich. I wish you'd quit talking about that. Rich. Rich. I just wish you'd quit talking about it. You mean you don't like this verse? You don't like this? Well, that's, that's Old Testament. That's, no, it's not. Galatians is not Old Testament. Romans is not Old Testament. Hmm? Why did Jesus become a curse on the cross for us? So that the blessing of Abraham might come on us through our faith in Jesus. This is what he's talking about. What did that blessing of the gospel do to Abraham one chapter after hearing it? Twelve two, God says, I'm going to bless you, and you're going to be a blessing. Thirteen two, very rich. I'm not making this up. I'm reading Bible. Thirteen two, Abram was very rich in wisdom and spiritual revelation. And yes, we can be rich in that, but not rich in cows. Cows. Silver. <laughs> Gold. <laughs> so folks, well, we should just get off of that. <laughs> now I'm going to go back over it again. Cows. Cows. Silver. Gold. 
Rich? No. Uh-uh. No. Very. <laughs> Who gave it to him? Who gave this to him? Well, if you skip down to the 24th chapter, at the end of Abraham's life, 24, it says Abraham was old, well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Well, didn't he tell him he would bless him and make him a blessing? And his servant said about him in verse 35, he said, the Lord has blessed my master greatly. And he has become great and has given him flocks and herds and silver and gold, men servants and maid servants and camels and asses. Sounds like houses, lands. He was saying, well, I don't go for all that. I don't go for all that. That's materialism. That's a cop-out. It's being spiritually lazy. Willfully ignorant. Because you cannot do things in this world without ability. You can't help other people with nothing. You can't preach the gospel with nothing. Well, all I need, if I got something to eat and I got something to put on, I got a place to lay my head, that's all I could. Wonderful, wonderful. But don't stop there. Believe for something for somebody else. That's all you want, okay. But don't stop there. Don't limit that. Let God open up our vision, open up our hearts. You know, we could increase, he's talking to us about enlarging, right? On, on the inside, opening up, embracing a bigger vision. Is he a big God? Does he have a big plan? You reckon he could do more with us than we have thought he could do with us? Reckon he could do more through us than we have imagined he could do through us? Life is short. Days are clicking by. We're not here for much longer. I don't want to leave things on the table. I don't want to leave things undone. I want to run my full race. Don't you? I want to finish my course. I want to do everything I'm supposed to do so that tomorrow I have no regrets. What enables us to do this? The enablement, the empowerment, the ability is the fruit of the blessing. And the blessing comes with the gospel. The gospel. God preached the gospel to Abraham. And this is what it sounded like. Be blessed. Yeah. <laughs> That's the gospel. God said it was. <laughs> Be blessed. Be a blessing. Be rich. And you know, just right after that, it said he and Lot had so many cows, so many camels, so many donkeys, they didn't have enough room. Land could not contain them. Don't you know that God knows exactly how many uh, cows per acre? It's sustainable. Wouldn't God know such a thing? Certainly he would. Well, then how come he gave him too many cows for the land? It's his nature. If you don't know this about him, you need to learn it. He won't just fill your cup. He will run it over. 
He'll run it over. And he won't just give you a couple of fish. He will break your net. And sink your boat. And laugh. You go, God, God, it's too many fish. It's too many fish. He goes, hey, hey, it's not my problem. Your boat's so small. <laughs> he is a huge, bigger than the Pacific, bigger than the sun and the Milky Way. Come on, are you listening? He is so vast and so big. It must be annoying, for lack of a better word. For him, it must feel like to him when he's trying to bless us that he's got a, 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 a dropper. What do they call them? A little squeeze? Eye dropper. That he's going. <laughs> and, and, and a little half a drop falls on us and we go, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> And he's got this vast. Ocean of blessing, and he wants to just pour it on us, but <laughs> whole denomination and churches are still arguing about does God care about such things? I don't think that's right to talk about him to help you pay your electric bill. He's that's not that's not the gospel. It most certainly is. I said it most certainly is because the gospel. Is the blessing. It's the good news of how Jesus has come and took away what disqualified us and qualified us for, in order that, the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Come on, do we read it in the Bible? Is it right here? That ble- what did that blessing do for Abraham? It made him very rich. You reckon it's changed? You reckon it's lost some of its power? It's not able to do something in this century? I don't believe it. I am so thankful that I know the gospel and I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I believe the gospel. You need to go back to to Galatians. You need to let it hit you again. Hmm? Don't think you know it. We know a piece of it. How can you tell if something's getting through to you if you're getting it? Excitement. And how much excitement reveals how much you're getting. Galatians 3. Hmm? I almost asked for a drum roll. (laughs) Galatians 3. Verse 7, know ye, know this, they which are of faith, is that you? The same are the children of Abraham. Are you a child of Abraham? Are you of faith? You a believer or not a believer? I'm a believer. I'm of faith. I am a child of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, he preached before the gospel. Not a a forerunner of the gospel. The gospel. God calls this the gospel. 
He preached the gospel to Abraham and he said, here's a quote from what God calls the gospel, In you shall all nations be blessed. Be blessed. You'll be blessed and you'll be a blessing if you read the rest of it. Thank you, Lord. Verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, He took the cause of poverty. He took the roots and causes of sin and confusion and sickness. He took it all. Did He? When He said it is finished, do you think He left anything out? No, no. For it's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. And why did he do it? Why did he go to the cross? Why did he let them crucify him? Why did he become a curse for us? Why? 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 Verse 14, why? Why? Not only so you could miss hell. Thank God we're not going to hell. I'm not minimizing that. But that's not all there is to it. Why? That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That's us. That's us. That's us. That's us. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Mm-mm. If you believe the gospel, you believe you're blessed. Does everybody think that when they hear the word gospel? Should. Shouldn't they? Skip on down. Verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He says not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one. These are not all, uh, anybody that could trace their DNA back to Abraham. And to thy seed, which is Christ. That's the seed. Hallelujah. Skip on down to verse uh, 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. That does not matter one thing, whether you're Jew or not. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. None of this matters now. I know some, not everybody believes that, but I'm reading scriptures. For you are all what? One in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then you are what? Then you are what? Are you Christ? I want to see a show of hands. Are you Christ? Huh? Are you Christ? Then what are you? You're Abraham's seed. What else? You get... What God gave him. And what God gave him made him very rich. (laughs) Is it true or not? Is it New Testament or not? Is it the gospel? God calls it the gospel. (laughs) So it's no wonder he talks about the gospel to the poor. When a man or woman living in abject poverty 
and they hear. You believe on Jesus. And you become heir of the blessing of Abraham. If they hear that and believe that, then they know their poor days are over. Because everybody knows, everybody knows Abraham was not poor. How many think all of the theologians from every denomination in the world could not gang up today and convince Abraham that he's supposed to be poor? Or that it was God's will for him to be poor? Ain't nobody going to talk him into it. It's too late for that. He was there. He knew what God told him. And one chapter later, what happened? He knew it. He was there. He lived that way his whole life. Didn't he? I don't believe that blessing has changed. I don't believe it's lost any of its power. I believe exactly what it did then, it does now. No different. No different. And we're not talking about just having huge amounts of money or just having, you know, lands and houses and stuff. We're not talking about just stuff. We're talking about being rich in God. Rich in God. Rich with every good thing. And no money is not the most important thing. But it is important. You've got to have some. I mean, with no money, we wouldn't be having service in here today. If you say money's not important, then you say this service is not important. And this message is not important. It, t- it took a lot of money. Hmm? To have this service today. To get things to where we could have it. Didn't it? Millions and millions. So if the message is important, then the money to get the message is important. Right? And God did not leave us just in a broke, helpless condition. He gave us the same empowerment, the same enablement, The same blessing that came on Abraham. And it started working in his life immediately. And man, deals started happening for him. And man, his cows just started doing better than they had ever done. And his sheep and his goats and his camels. Until it wasn't too many years. Until they said, we had got enough pasture for all these goats and sheep. What are we going to do? I believe God's smiling. (laughs) Because I told you, I told you. Stand on your feet, everybody.